It is Thursday, November 19th. It is exactly 3.30 p.m. And we're one day past the NBA 2020 draft, gentlemen. Are y'all excited? Big time. Big time? Big time excited. Big moves me, are being made, man. Big moves are being made. Big absolutely. Woj is working overtime. That's a fact. <laughs> this is when Woj gets paid, you know. It was like I was gonna say this is when he gets the that's when he gets the millions right here. This is this is when he earns his money. Well, <laughs> before we get into it, I should introduce myself. I'm uh, your host, Josh Robinson. My name is Nick Borden. And I'm Walker Kirk. And this is this is gonna be your twenty twenty NBA draft recap, rundown, look over, you know, dissection, whatever you want to call it. It's that. Not to mention, there's been already some big, crazy moves happening with free agency, and it's only been open for about four days. And already the NBA is turning upside down. All these massive trades, all the rumors are coming around. And my man, Walker Kirk, he was the first person I thought of because Walker is a big Houston Rockets fan, for those that don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Houston Rockets fan. If y'all don't have Walker Kirk on Snapchat, then y'all missed out those few days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> For real, though. I was enjoying that. Oh, my gosh. But I was if, hurt. I still we, am hurt. Yeah, before we go into the Houston Rockets and all the rumors going on, let's talk about some stuff that actually has happened. So, guys, the Thunder traded Chris Paul to the Suns. And I don't know, like I don't know what to make of that move. It was a very kind of random move. I did not see that happening at all. I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays with uh, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. I just don't know. It was very, it was very kind of out of the nowhere that trade being made. Um, to me, I think that was a really good trade. The Suns just got so much better off of that um, because Chris Paul last year carried uh, the Thunder yeah. to the playoffs single-handedly. Well, I won't say single-handedly, but he had the biggest hand in getting them to the playoffs. So, Devin Booker can play. Having, like, all those young players having that veteran leadership around. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good mentor. Like, he, he probably put himself in the league for a few more years. Just, you know, Gallinari. Yeah. Like, they had a nice little team put together. But, obviously, once Billy Donovan left, you knew it just wasn't going to last. So, yeah. Um, Devin Booker can play off the ball. Chris Paul will give him easy buckets. Devin's, uh, Devin Booker's – Points per game is probably going to explode. He can. He's probably going to average like 26, 27 next year. I think. You think? I, I believe that. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be like solid top ten player in the NBA after the end of next season. Just be. I mean, yeah, because I think a lot of the defense is going to end up focusing on Chris Paul being a primary ball handler. So that means Devin can just run side to side, get in those corners. Yeah. And then he made difficult shots. He can score all three levels. Devin Booker's a really, 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 really good basketball player. Really good. Dude, what's great, like, the Thunder, what they're doing right now is they're just creating themselves so many draft picks, that, like, for the future. This is reminding me of whenever uh, the Celtics traded the big three, you know, back in the early 2010s and got all these yeah. draft picks, and everyone was like, Danny Ainge might be the dumbest person on the face of this earth. But when you see what he was able to get with all these draft picks and I'm getting picking up Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all these guys, it's like – it, I mean, he had – they also got Terry Rozier during that time, too. Granted, he's with the Charlotte Hornets now. But still, it's like you, you kind of see the genius ends up uh, coming out. So, I think um, I think the Thunder, if they can play this right, they're ending up setting themselves up really well for the future. 
Yeah, they have so many draft picks to where they have options. Either they can play it out and just wait to see who comes in the draft, or they can flip all those draft picks for stars. Yeah. So they can do they can do whichever they want. Um, I know with the Celtics, at the time when they did it, everybody was like, "That's dumb because the Nets are going to be good for a while because they had Garnett, Paul Pierce, um, Darren Williams, and a few other players." And at the time, I was like, "They had Joe Johnson and they had Brooke Lopez." Yeah, there everybody thought that that team was going to be good for a long time. So they were like, "That's dumb. Why would you trade all the draft picks?" That team blew up in like two years, and that's when the Celtics got to get that third or fourth overall pick when they got Jason Tatum, and that changed the whole franchise. And that's when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, almost beat LeBron, almost. But so, that's another conversation for another day. Josh, if you're a GM, because you, you, you got the vibes, you're a businessman in yourself. Josh, if you're a GM, <laughs> are you focusing more on – I mean, we can take this in any sport. Right now, you know, basketball is the focus, but NFL, uh, MLB, whatever. Like, if you're a GM – are you trying to – would you rather – if you know you could either, like, make the playoffs, but you're probably only going to make it to, like, the second round, or you can go ahead and trade off some of the, the older talent that you have and try to stock up on the draft picks for the future, which there is no guarantees when you draft players. You never know how they're going to turn out. Right. Um, why, like, what would your mindset be if you were in that case? Would you rather, you know, try to stock up for the future or win now? You know, I, I come from the standpoint of – Health is wealth, and you got to have a hearty team behind that. Um, I think as a GM, you have to look long-term because uh, it's real easy to get in the trap of any sport. It's easy to get in the trap of, you know, let's try and make a run this season versus being like, how about let's be consistent all these years so it's easier to only – need to pick up two or three players to be like, this is the season we're going to try and make a run. You know, it's this season. So I, I think what you do is you try to establish a good foundation for the team um, and then build off of that and, you know, make moves when you can and you can afford to. So I think right now you, you kind of you, you get rid of the guys that have a little bit of value left uh, and you, you be able to you financially, you know, invest, get some investment money. Let me, let, me, and, uh, let me pose this question to both of you, Josh and Walker. Um, do you think it's better to plan, like build your future around maybe a player who has potential but hasn't really blossomed into it yet? So maybe like a third or a fourth year player who, you know, maybe he, he's a shooting guard. He's averaging like 18 and six assists. and But, you know, you feel like maybe he has the potential. Or would you rather kind of do like what the, uh, what the Thunder did whenever they traded Russell Westbrook uh, two years ago and got – Chris Paul out of it and instead have like that veteran leader to maybe build around your young people which I mean I don't think there's a wrong approach but if you were um like if you're a GM would you rather kind of get like that veteran that one veteran player to kind of mentor your team or would you rather build around kind of the young gun that's uh showing promise um the problem is too I think the uh the older player that's proven themselves you have to pay him more I think that's kind of something you have to look at yeah well that's a really good question. Also what the Rockets are facing right now with Russell Westbrook because he's owed like $132 million in the next four years, you know? And that's I think that's going to be one of his problems trying to get to a new team is who wants to pick up that contract. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I mean, it's – it's I don't know. It's that money. That's tough. Um, yeah. I don't know. Walker, you know more than me. What um, do you think? I, I feel like I could 
there's a few different teams I could look about look at this like. So for the 2006 Miami Heat, I don't know if you remember Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was not um, Dwayne Wade was really good. Let me get yeah. that out of the way. Dwayne yeah. Wade was really, really, really good. What it's like third or fourth year at that point. He was, yeah, it was like his third or fourth year. He was he was still a young buck, but they built the team around his strengths and they tried to minimize his weaknesses. And then they put Shaq in, Shaq in the team, and Shaq was – that was really his last good year in the NBA where he was actually worth something. Um, so I, th- I would do it around the young guy that has promise um, because I know that trial and error, learning through your mistakes works. Because Devin Booker, when he first came to the league, when he first came to the league, he came from Kentucky and he was – all off ball play. He like he was all off ball. What's crazy about Devin Booker? He didn't even start at Kentucky. Like yeah, he was the six man. Yeah, freaking seven people that to go in the first round. It was insane that Kentucky team. Yeah. Um. So Devin Booker, when he first came in the league, he was all off ball. Yeah. But since Phoenix was so bad, somebody had to handle the ball. And as time went on, he got better and better at it, making more difficult shots because he was the only person that could score on the floor. Yeah. And now in his fifth season, and he's 24, 25, now he's top 15 player in the NBA because of all that stuff that he went through in the beginning. And now the team is being built around him. He has a point guard that can pass the ball, off the ball, or he can – Chris Ball can, can shoot off the catch if he wants to. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton's in the post. He can throw it down low to him. DeAndre Ayton, you know, it's a perfectly built team. So I would do it around a young player and then try to get older veteran players to mold him into something better. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? I think, That's yeah, what I would do. I like that. I, I see what you're saying. So sticking with the Thunder, they also they dealt off Dennis Schroeder to the uh, to the Lakers for more picks. Um, what do you think as far as like the Lakers getting Dennis Schroeder? What do you think that's going to mean for them? Especially you know with rumors happening that Ron, a lot of people are trying to go after Rondo and Avery Bradley and kind of go after their guard play. What do you think? Um, what do you think that does for the team? Um, I think Dennis Schroeder is a really good basketball player. Um, I remember watching him when he first came to the Hawks. He wasn't that good. He was behind Jeff Teague. But he ended up taking Jeff Teague's spot, actually. Um, but losing Rajon Rondo is a really big deal, I think, um, to the Lakers. They won't be – they won't have as much perimeter defense as they did before. Dennis Schroeder is a really good player, but he doesn't – he's not as good defensively as Rajon Rondo. I think the, um, the, the thing with Rondo, too, is just how mentally he – He's he's a he's a floor general. He's a coach on yeah. court for them, and that's what you saw that especially in the finals too. If Rondo doesn't end up coming back from injury, I don't know if the Lakers win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had a big influence on the Lakers um, and how good they played. To me, um, Rajon Rondo. I don't think his impact was underrated, but they should have resigned him. They should have given that money because he played really really good in the finals. I would have paid him. Yeah. Um, but I don't – there's – Dennis Schroeder can handle the ball behind LeBron, but I don't know if it will be as good as Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. Okay. So, Josh, now we're going to uh, – we're going to hit home a little bit with this one. We're going to go to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, you know, future Birmingham Bucks. Absolutely. Well, you don't know the is <laughs> Mine and Josh have the venture for this media company that we're building is hopefully one day have enough money to where we can – purchase the Milwaukee Bucks and bring them to Birmingham to be the Birmingham Bucks. <laughs> that's, um, it's a I big believe- goal, but you know what? We feel like, you know, we can, uh, with the right strategy, we feel like we could do it. Absolutely. That's a, that's a beautiful idea. It's a good, it's a, 
hefty goal, but it's a good goal. <laughs> I mean, think of a better – you can't think of a better name for a basketball team in Alabama than the Bucks. Like, come on. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So, all right. So, what, what, what was the question, Nick? Okay. So, sticking with, uh, you know, going more towards our – home team as we'll call it because that's the future home team of ours right um we made a deal we uh we got we got rid of uh eric bledsoe ursan Ilyasova, some picks and someone very close to our hearts josh dj wilson unfortunately is no longer you know you hate to see it but let's be honest he wasn't he wasn't going to be a lifelong buck anyways i mean whenever so. we buy the team that's going to be one of my first goals is just to resign. Resign him. <laughs> oh, oh, so you, you think he'll still be playing when we take over the team? Okay. How long do you think this is going to take? Like, what? I'm doing this like 12 years. 12? I mean, I, I want by the time I'm 33, I can go to a franchise, you know? <laughs> so, okay, so he'd be a more senior player by then, but he would still be playing. Um, also, I'd also make him changed his name legally to B.J. Wilson because I thought that was his name for like six months. Oh, my gosh. Can we, can we tell that story real quick? It's like a two-second story. Please, please do, please do. I went to the uh, Bucks-Grizzlies game last year, and uh, the Bucks ended up just beating the mess out of the Grizzlies. And, uh, Shocker. B.J. Wilson came in. He had a fire game. He ended up having like 17 off the bench, but the announcer made it sound like his name was B.J. Wilson. And so for like six months, I was like, "Man, he's one of my—that's my guy, freaking BJ Wilson." And then I looked BJ Wilson on the stats, and it's like, "Ah, oh, no, that ain't even his name." That so, was one of the saddest texts I've ever gotten from Nick. He was—he <laughs> takes me out of the blue. He was like, "I have some bad news," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what, what's wrong?" And he was like, "BJ Wilson isn't BJ Wilson; it's DJ." I felt like such a fraud being like, this is my, this is my guy. And then obviously, you know, not. guy's name, man. It's tough. It's wild. But anyways, yeah. Um, okay, so we trade, we did trade them. I mean, we need to mention we trade it for, traded them for uh, Drew Holiday from the uh, Pelicans. Right. Very good pickup. I think Eric Bledsoe has just the last two, three years just been an absolute choke job in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yes, because to where Giannis is having to kind of carry the team and then have Chris Middleton as a second option and then not having anyone else I think Drew Holiday provides that veteran leadership the scoring ability the ability to facilitate the ball I think that's a great pickup for the Bucks. granted I feel like we gave a lot with picks but I'm okay with that right now because he, the goal is to keep Giannis and is to win now so if you're going to do yes. that you've got to put players around him that can do that I think I think you know, I think Drew does that. You know, I think I, I think so too. Um, I think we've kind of set ourselves up for um, a strong position right now. I think the only time is is going to be in the next four or five years when it's like, did we make the right decision or whatever? Um, I think it's good right now. I think the only question is, does Giannis want to stay? Because it's it, it's and I think he will. I think he. I mean, I think he's good right now. Um, I think it could have gone about a better way, you know, sitting down with them and just being like, Giannis, if you want to stay, you know, we will build a team around you. We'll, we will set up for success. Otherwise, I think you're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're spending all your money and spending all your picks trying to convince a guy to stay. And I don't know if that's going to work out long term, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, obviously, there's some people that 
that would never work. Like you could never sit down with them. Um, I don't know. I feel like Giannis is one of those guys that we could have yeah. been honest with. But honestly, so. here's another thing with the Bucks too is um, they did a sign and trade, getting rid of a couple other players like George Hill and uh, Dante DaVincio with a sign and trade trying to pick up Bogdan Bogdanovich. The problem with that is, is it was with a sign and trade. And now they're saying that Bogdan doesn't want to actually sign with the Bucks. He wants to go into free agency. Yeah. As wild as that is, I, I didn't even know that was like a thing you could do that. So now I'm like, well, freak. What, like, Walker, what does that mean? Does that mean that the Bucks, the players that they traded off from, do they still end up keeping those players? Or um, what happens with that? Um, apparently, so the trade didn't actually go through. Okay. Um, so now the, so all the players as of right now are going to still going to be there and it is November 19th. So things are subject to change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so since the trade didn't go through, apparently the bucks are getting fined or are about to get fined for, um, tampering, I guess. I think that's what it's about to happen. I thought I read earlier. Um, I read that from Shams from the athletic is that they're probably going to get, um, a big fine, maybe. So if that does happen, I'm not sure how big the fine will be. I'm probably, I'm pretty sure it won't be that big. But, yeah. but if um, Bogdanovich did play for, so say if Bogdanovich did play for the Bucks, I think that would like change their the whole lineup. Like that would, that would probably take them from like maybe a two seed or a three seed to first seed. Doesn't matter what happens to I, me, dude. That freaking that that starting lineup, man. Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich. Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, that's a – That's a crazy lineup. That is a really, 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 really good lineup. And it, I mean, it's all players that can create their own shots, that can score on their own. Like, that's – they can also – Yeah. Which is huge. I think that's what and, needs. Yeah, Giannis needs as much space as he possibly can. Um, and Drew Holiday and uh, Bogdanovich can both do that. And then Bogdanovich could play – he could run the quote-unquote point guard. He can – he can pass. He's a really good passer of the ball. So, so that's what we got for the Bucks. And now we're going to move on to something close to Walker Kirk's heart. The Houston Rockets, no trades have been made yet. <laughs> Rumors swirling around. We're going to start with Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook, like I mentioned earlier, it's either like a three- or a four-year deal is owed like $132 million, which is a lot of money. I think we all know that. And it was kind of – decided that him and Harden, you know, they tried for a season to play together. Obviously, it didn't work out. And now they both want to all. So, <laughs> one of the things that I've heard could be, a, could be a, a trade would be the Wizards have been talking about possibly trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook. And yeah. that would be very, very interesting move because obviously the Wizards aren't any – contention John Wall hasn't even played in like three years he's just sitting there collecting that check you know he hasn't played since 2018 which is like the like December 2018 I think that is, which is absolutely insane he hasn't played all yeah. those years and the amount of money he's just making off the Wizards right now he's making as much money as Russell Westbrook is yeah like which, the same exact amount so that I mean I think John Wall provides like a uh, you know an, an, he's an electric player he He's fun to watch, you know, watch him go fast break, you know, hit his dunks, you know, hit the duggy, whatever. He's a fun <laughs> – I think if I'm Russell Westbrook, if I'm if I'm going to go somewhere, it has to be to a contender or just freaking put him on the Knicks so he could be, like, the number one player and just show time yeah. in New York City. But I think 
I'm Westbrook. There's no way I want to go to the freaking Washington Wizards. Because even though Bradley Beal is a, play, is a great player as well, I think to succeed, Russell Westbrook would have to play under, like, a dominant big who could rebound all his bricks threes, put it up, <laughs> throw lobs to him. Because I don't think Russell Westbrook – it's not like Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum with him. He, he can't do that. He has to have another big that he can, he can play with. So, yeah. The thing is for me is that I don't – I won't say that the Rockets don't matter, but I know Bradley Beal does not want John Wall to leave at all for under any circumstances, I think. Even if John Wall hasn't played in two years and he had a bone spur in his knee and he tore his Achilles, yeah, he probably doesn't want to play with Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook, I wouldn't want to play. I don't think anybody wants to play with Russell Westbrook, honestly. It's probably a very small amount of people that do. He, he's, like, he's such um, – he's a ball hog, but he can't like – and he's like – he stat pads like everyone likes looking at his stats. Like, cause he shoots thirty some shots a game, you know. And he instead of going, you know, he's always trying to get the rebound and missing three layups and putting it back up, getting all those rebounds. But yeah, there's only the only two teams that I could like three teams that I could see like signing Russell Westbrook is Detroit or the Knicks or the Hornets. That's it. I don't even think the Hornets would do it now since they got Lamelo Ball last night. So it's really just two teams, and then I feel like the Knicks is just their best, his best option. I think so. But the Knicks have nothing to offer the Rockets in terms of the trade. That's worth taking Russell Westbrook, honestly, in a way. All right, Josh. So, Josh, put your GM hat back on. All right. <laughs> it's on. Back on. If you're so, you say you're the GM, and what we have the situation with the Houston Rockets is it's been decided that the two best players, the two highest paid players don't want to be there anymore. But their contract's not up. They're not free agents, so it's not like they can be – I mean, obviously we saw with Anthony Davis, he was kind of able to force his way out with the Pelicans. But I don't think that they're able to do that. And the thing is, too, the uh, the Rockets can't – like, they don't have to do anything, right? They can just keep them there and like, all right, no. Like, we signed you. You agreed to the terms, so you're, you're going to do it. And, you know, it's a contract. Yeah. Josh, if you're the GM in this situation – do you try to go ahead and give the players their wishes or just out of spite, are you going to try and just wait a little bit and see what you can get and try to maximize as much as you can get out of them for right now and then move on later? Because I think when I think about like what the Cavaliers did, I think the Cavaliers before LeBron left, because there was no way LeBron was coming back to Cleveland that first time around. They should have traded that sucker and got as much as they could because we saw what happened in 2010 once he left was they were like a 17 and 65 team so I think if I'm if I'm any team right now Josh I'll, I'll let you speak in a second but personally I'm not I'm gonna go ahead and try to get rid of him and try to get as much as I can before they leave once their contract gets out and I can't get anything out of them you know right so there's there's two things that I think you can do there's two avenues that you can pursue uh avenue one number one is like you can kind of bend in their direction and you can I mean they're obviously they they have they carry great you know name recognition uh they're, they're not schmucks they're not some I mean you you drop those two anywhere in the NBA and you know it's gonna attract fans you know they're gonna be team players um so one avenue is, you know, you you try and get you squeeze as much as you can out of those two. You just try and get all you can get. You, I mean, you got to play greedy. 
because uh, with those two, you can. I mean, you can be as greedy as you want with those two. I think another avenue that you can pursue, which if you had two non-top-tier players, if they were like second-tier players, like they were known, but I don't know if they if they had yeah, some, but like outside the all star like the yeah team, just outside the all star really yeah. yeah um I think you could keep them and and just be straight up front with them being like you know at the end of this season you will likely get traded um or you're you know we're getting rid of you or whatever and it's just like it depends yeah. on how much we get out of you this season it's like you're either going to help yourself or you're going to hurt yourself this season. Right. Um, the more you help yourself, the more options are going to be on the table. Uh, if you just want to, you know, be a, a, a sad kid and just not do anything all season, then yeah. it's going to be real difficult to, to get rid of you and send you somewhere productive. Yeah. Um, the move I would want to make, I'd, I would have to play it. So a similar situation happened with the San Antonio Spurs Josh a few years ago and Kawhi Leonard. Right. He made it very obvious. You know, he only ended up playing like nine games that season, but he had a quote unquote bruised hip. And Didn't then, like his uncle or his dad or someone, wasn't he chirping a lot too, trying to get him traded? Yeah, his family. Yeah, his family was. His yeah. family was tampering? Something like that. Kind of sort of. Okay. That was a long time ago. He, wanted, he made it known he wanted to play in a Los Angeles team. Flippers, right. Whatever. So, you know what Popovich and the Spurs did? Trade him to Toronto. Yeah, they traded him to freaking Toronto. So that's a, that's a boss move that freaking I would want to make. Because I'm like, you know, you true. Can, that is another avenue. You you send you you a strong message. California, I'm gonna send your tail to Canada. I mean, for, trade. So you got it's um it's Harden and Westbrook, right? Yeah, that are yeah, Harden and Westbrook. Yeah. Who do you? Okay, so what? I mean, what's what's a not so great place that you can send those two to? No, what you do is you trade them. You trade them to uh, to uh, send Westbrook to like Utah or something. I mean, <laughs> you know, but like the team, the team's doing okay. But send them to like freaking Utah or something. Send them to Utah or send them to I don't know where. I'm trying to think of like the most forgettable Utah, team. I don't even think Utah would, would want to take them. Send, send them to California. <laughs> send them to Sacramento. <laughs> There's, there's what, four or five teams in, in California? I think four, yeah. Yeah, four teams in California, and they're far and away the most forgettable. Yeah, for sure. So, so And I'm sure they'd be happy to have them. Now, Walker, explain this James Harden situation, because the rumors has it that he wants to team up with Kyrie and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, which I think might be the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. I wanted to get your thoughts on it and where you think would be like the best destination for uh, James Harden to land, even though you are a diehard Rockets fan and I'm sure this is, this is hard to see and hear, you know, yeah. thoughts and prayers are with you, buddy on that. But uh. <laughs> um, So I'm going to go ahead and say this and get this out of the way. I think the Rockets and James Harden have run its course. Um, it's been what? Seven, seven years. Yeah. Um, like seven calendar years or well, it's about to be once it's 2021. Um, it's been good. You know, we got to witness a few MVP seasons. He only got one MVP, but he probably should have won two. Uh, didn't reach the finals, almost did. Should have beat the Warriors, didn't. Uh, Dwight Howard got to come through, spend a couple months there, you know. 
Omar Oshik, Jeremy Lin came through. You know, it, it was a fun time. It was a good time. Um, but I think – so I'm going to start off and say the best the best place for James Harden to go is the 76ers um, with Joel Embiid. Um, just having that high-low, basically. Um, when I say high-low, I mean having a guard that can shoot from anywhere around the court that he wants. He can get to any of the spots that he wants to. And then Joel Embiid, you can toss him to and down low. He's still – there are two players in the NBA that, like, the post-game, like, their post-game, like, doesn't affect how, like, their uh, points per game or their true field goal percentage or something like that. I forget what it's called. Um, and it's Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. So I would I would try to get him the, the 76ers, but I'm not sure if the 76ers have enough to offer yeah. the Rockets. Uh, that's the problem with Brooklyn and and with the 76ers. There's not much that they can offer. Yeah. Um, with the with the Nets and James Harden going to the Nets, um, I it'll be. I don't want to. I don't know how far they get in the playoffs. I think they can. The thing is, if it goes well, they can win a championship easily because of all that talent. They have three top. 15 players in the league, three top 10 players in the league if they're all healthy yeah. on one team. Um, but they're all, all their usage rates are insanely high. Um, will Kyrie Irving be willing to play off the ball? Because he'll have to in a way because James Harden is an amazing passer of the basketball. Um, and, if he ha- and if he has the ball in his hands, good stuff is going to happen. Um, I know Kevin Durant can play off the ball. I know Kyrie Irving is willing to play off the ball. Um, or vice versa, is Harden willing to play off the ball? That's and Kyrie pass the ball? Like, there's so many questions. There's so many ifs. Yeah. And really, the way the Nets are right now is perfect. They don't need to change anything to me. Uh, maybe they can get a little bit more perimeter defense um, and see if they can find somebody in trade and get more defense. They got Landry Shamet, so he can. he's a 3 and D, kind of. Yeah. Um, that's a good trade, but the Nets are good the way they are now. Yeah. Um, the best thing the Nets can offer the Rockets is Jared Allen, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and draft picks. That's it. That's yeah. not even that good in a way because think of the Rockets as the 2019 Nets without D'Angelo Russell. That's what that team is. They would that's have, not getting – I was going to say in the West, that's not getting you in the playoffs. Trade. They'd have to add some people in. Other yeah, they'd have to add some something else in there because – that's in the West with Karis LeVert, Spencer Diddley, Darren Allen as your core, you're, you might be the worst. You might have the worst record in the league because the West is that competitive. You play that many Western teams on, in the same night. Yeah. Um, that's just, I wouldn't do that. Um, I wouldn't even think about trading James Harden unless they put Kyrie Irving in the conversation and they won't do that. Hey, so there's no reason to. So, so it's like, I would wait. I would wait and play the season out and see if there are more offers that come in for James Harden and for Russell Westbrook and see what I can do. But for right now, like you said, they're under contract, so you don't have to let them go. Right. So I would make them stay. Or I would make James Harden stay for as long as I can before I get an offer that I'm I'm okay with. I would let Russell Westbrook go for peanuts. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely trying to I mean that, that how he played in the playoffs was absolutely pathetic. So that was yeah, terrible, man. So, but yeah, I think um, as far as free agency, that that about covers it. Especially since uh, 
my timer on the Zoom is about to go off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've been on here a little too long, boys. Uh, Walter, do you have anything real quick that uh, you want to add, Bedard, on the NBA? Um, the draft. Uh, really, all I want to say about the draft is Anthony Edwards is going to be Anthony Edwards is going to be a really good basketball player, especially if they can get him uh, motivated to play good. Um, James Wiseman going to Warriors. I feel bad for Clay Thompson. Yeah, I feel really bad for Clay Thompson. Uh, hopefully, he comes back, feels healthy, feeling good. Uh, Lamelo Ball to the talk Hornets. about you hate to see it. I that's that really hurt my heart when I when I saw that earlier this afternoon. Um, the Hornets getting Lamelo Ball. LaMelo Ball going to an organization owned by Michael Jordan is really good for everybody in the league, especially LaMelo Ball, because if Michael Jordan can give him the right um, attitude and teach him the right things, LaMelo Ball can be the best player in the league. Like, he has that amount of upside. He can be a top three player in the league, and I believe hot that. Take, right um, very hot take. <laughs> very hot take. He has a body for it. He has the arm length for it. He's big. He can – if he has a basketball IQ to be good de- team defensive player, um his passing is insane it's crazy um he just has to get a shot on him and gain some weight uh Isaac Okoro going to the Cavaliers War Eagle War Eagle baby um Patrick Williams going fourth overall is pretty crazy even though he's a really good he's really good defensively he has the potential to be the best 3D player in the league um he has that amount of upside I think he's a really good basketball player yeah. Um, also, shout out Kyra Lewis going to the uh, Pelican. Yeah, shout out Kyra Lewis. Yeah. In the two five six Huntsville area. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, he's the fast. Yeah, he was the fastest player in the draft. He's really, really good, and I'm glad that they got a Drew Holiday replacement in a way because he's a good defender too. Oh, for sure. So hopefully, in a few years, he'll be good. Um, and also, people, this draft. I just want to say this. Everybody's saying this draft is weak. Um, it's really weak in star potential, but in role player and just solid players throughout, it's good all the way until, like, the middle of the second round. They're solid players all the way out throughout this draft. Well, all right, gentlemen. I think time's about up. Yes, sir. We appreciate Walker Kurt joining us once again. As always, we have been your hosts. My name is Nick Borden. I'm Josh Robinson. And I'm Walker Kurt. And we will see you next time. Thank you.